You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe Podcast here on Buffalo Rumblings and the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. I am John Boccasino. He is Jamie D'Amico. We are back talking Buffalo Bills football. After, Jamie, I got to admit, you know, the the Bills are coming off a disheartening loss across the pond. We're not going to revisit too much of that game here on this week's podcast. But I got to tell you, I can't recall being this deflated about a regular season loss and not for the actual result of what happened on the field but for the loss of Matt Milano and Daquan Jones and how this really royally screws up Buffalo's top-ranked defense moving forward. Why can't we have nice things, John Boccasino? Why can't we have nice things? Damn you, football gods! I, I know. It's, it's unbelievable because if you look at the first quarter of the season, those two would have absolutely been the first quarter all-pro team. Absolutely. Daquan Jones being amongst the league leaders in uh, pressure, quarterback pressures and pass rush win rate. And Matt Milano was finally getting his due as possibly the best linebacker in the NFL. He was being spoken of in the same terms as Fred Warner, finally. And to lose them both in the same game for the year, this, you know what? I never thought the Bills were going to win this game. I thought that the the jet lag aspect was going to be too much compared to a team that's been in a different time zone for two for a week, week and a half. But this conceivably this takes them out of Super Bowl contention. Because when you look at the offenses that they have to go up against in the AFC just to the Super Bowl, you need all hands on deck and they can't have that now. Yeah, it really, it is. And you're right, Jamie. It changes the dynamic. It changes the outlook. Um, Unless Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean do something that they're really not known to do and open up. If I were Sean McDermott, if I were Brandon Bean, I am making every possible effort to get Patrick Sertain, the second out of the Denver Broncos to replace Trey White. And I'm looking to find somebody I, as much as Daquan Jones has been a revelation, and the, if you would have told me during the offseason that he would be amongst the best pass rush win rate defensive players in the league, he's been so well known for his run stuffing. This element that he added to his game has really, I'm worried about the trickle down effect of losing because you're losing arguably your best run stuffer, one of your best, if not the best pass rushers, at least in win rate, getting after the quarterback. And you lose the guy, Matt Milano, who cleans everything up and makes the defense really go at the mic spot. I hope Brandon Bean seriously gives consideration to opening up the draft picks and trading away. If you told me 
the Bills could pull what the Rams did when they traded away the picks to win the Super Bowl. Freaking sign me up. I'm done waiting for next year. Like this team, it's so frustrating to lose these guys a week after losing Trey White. What do you think about my hypothesis of, I and I hate trading from the future to win today, but I almost feel like the Bills owe it to themselves to see what the hell they can get uh, to, to replace these stalwarts on defense. I think you're dreaming, man. I think you're dreaming because Patrick Sertan is what is it? Is he in his second year or third year? I think he's in his third year, but I could be wrong. He's okay. very young. The reason I bring that name up though, is the Denver Broncos are a hot mess. I mean, they are going to yes. be selling off anything and I'm not saying you could get him for a song, but it's worth a call at least to see what it would take to pry him or some other, you know, maybe like a Patrick Peterson type or somebody, I don't know the rest of names of available cornerbacks, but like there's something they have to do because you lose bam, 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 three incredible players on your defense. And the Matt Milano injury pisses me off to no end because they shouldn't have been playing on that godforsaken turf in the first place. It was like a piece of AstroTurf laid out over concrete like you used to see at Veterans Stadium back in the day. Unplayable. Well, okay. Uh, l- let me address two things here. I'm giving you a uh, lot to unpack here, by the way. I'm a little fired you, up. You, you really are. Um, so, just do not trade great young corners. They just don't, that are on rookie contracts. They, they just don't do it. And the Rams gave up two first-round picks and a fourth-rounder to get Jalen Ramsey, who was on the verge of free agency. How much more than that would it take to get Patrick Sertan? It, it would take significantly more, I would think. And people are like, trade them. Somebody floated. Trade them. Kyer Elam and a second-round pick. Are you freaking kidding me? Kyer Elam has no value <laughs> because he can't no. get on the field. And when he does, he's horrible. So, no, get that out of your head, Bills Mafia. Kyer Elam has no value. Okay. None. The, the second thing I'm going to address is... Yes, the turf was bad, but Matt Milano's injury happened because he got rolled up on from behind. That had nothing to do with the turf. That was a bad luck injury. And yeah, Daquan Jones, let's talk about that too. His injury, it was a uh, a pec tear. That also has nothing to do with the turf. It's more frustration from a Bills fan who, but you you can't. Here's here's my point with. And I know like the Milano thing, you're right. He did get rolled up on, but players change the way they play the game when they know the surface is sketch. And I think that's part of what has to be considered because, you know, and this happened with, it was last year, the giants and Packers played at this exact same Tottenham Hotspur stadium with this exact same suspect surface. And the giants and Packers both had a slew of injuries. The bills at one point, lost nine players to injury during the game. You can't tell me that that surface, that carpet doesn't have something to do with Mm -hmm. the amount of injuries. And I'm sorry, Tottenham, if you want the NFL money, let the bills and and Jaguars play on that fancy grass surface that you let your soccer club play on. It's bullshit that they're able to substitute a really good grass surface for this 1970s AstroTurf shit. (laughs) Well, I I agree with you. And the other thing that I'm considering is there have been massive injuries happening over in London. Is it possible that the time change 
has something to do with it, that the jet lag effect is doing and the long flight is doing something to their bodies that hasn't been studied yet that makes them vulnerable. I would agree. And that's what it makes you call into question. I mean, as somebody who has been to London a couple of times, I mean, I'm an average Joe. It took me forever to get acclimated to the time change. Why on God's earth were the bills leaving as late in the week as they did and then arriving early Friday when they had, they could have, I know Sean McDermott's a creature of habit, but you could have worked out a structure where the team got there earlier. I I just, I feel like there were so many blunders. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like things are off, right? It does. Um, And by the way, I did really quick crack research a couple of players the Bills could trade for. Uh, Jalen Johnson's a cornerback from the Bears who's in the final year of his contract. He's a good, not great cover corner, but he's decent, and the Bears are going to be in sell mode. Uh, he's somebody that the Bills could go after. And then there's Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers, who apparently the team is dissatisfied with, and Burns is a really solid linebacker. I think you at least have to kick the tread, kick the tires on a couple of guys like that who mm-hmm. are, yes, entering the final year of their deal could be had for, you're not going to give a first, a second, and a third or whatever, like the Niners did to get Christian McCaffrey. But the season's yeah. not over with. I just want the Bills to do their diligence and not just resort to Josh freaking Norman to solve the deficiencies. I think that it's probably going to be more likely that you see a move for a defensive tackle. And my reasoning for that is the Bills play a very complex coverage scheme, and it probably takes a while for especially a DB to figure out where he's supposed to be and when. And as a result of not being in training camp with the team, I don't know if their coverage concepts can be picked up mid-season and to be played with... uh, to, to be played with enough confidence and or enough knowledge of what we're supposed to be when it worries me that we would see a rash of busted coverages. I would almost rather roll the dice with people coming in from the practice squad, but because at least there's a higher percentage chance that they're going to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but I, I agree that it feels like there needs to be a talent infusion of some sort here. Yeah, I get it, Jamie. And I and we've all heard how complex the cover schemes are for the secondary. Maybe it's a situation where they they mess around with where Cam Lewis plays, what Taylor Rapp, who I'm surprised we didn't see more of. Um, he didn't play much at all, if I recall correctly, uh, in the Jaguars game. Um, I guess the good news for this week is even though the Bills had a laundry list of players on the injury list, uh, after the Jaguars game um, this morning, Sean McDermott told WGR that nobody is ruled out for Sunday night's game, Ooh. which means Dalton Kincaid uh, back there. Dane Jackson, who did not practice yesterday or Wednesday. I guess that's some good news. The fact that the bills walking wounded appear to be in line to, uh, to play more against the boy battered and beleaguered New York football giants. <laughs> yes. Oh, the Giants are a hot mess, aren't they? Dude, you want to feel better about the Buffalo Bills and their injury front? I'm going to read you something about the New York Giants that I think is going to really just hammer home how football and the Bills have been lucky with injuries. I mean, this year and last year, they've had some debilitating ones, but 
this happens. I mean, this is something that happens way more than not teams losing their star players. The New York Giants have 32% of their active roster that appeared on Thursday's injury report. 17 dudes. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And, I mean, and that that's just the injury report uh, because they, they've ruled at least two others out and they have uh, four on IR. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, they're basically going to have to like cut guys or put other guys uh, on the IR to make roster moves. I mean, they're probably going to activate former Syracuse quarterback turned Illinois quarterback Tommy DeVito uh, to be the backup for Terod Taylor, who is most like I, I, I don't see any way, even if he's healthy, the Giants put Danny Dimes, uh, Daniel Jones under center, yeah. knowing how great Buffalo's pass rush is how woebegone the Giants O-line has become. Yeah. If I'm Brian Dable, I don't want to put my very expensive quarterback out there with a bad neck because with neck injuries, you know, you don't have to be hit in the neck in order for it to become a, a more severe injury. Any sort of whiplash, bouncing off the ground, just being hit in any weird direction that makes your neck move in a way that is adverse to the type of injury that you have can certainly worsen things. And we've seen it as Buffalo Bills fans. Neck injuries can end a career like we saw with uh, Aaron Williams. Uh, so, yeah, I I definitely wouldn't play him. And part of me wants to see old friend Tyrod out there. I always wish Tyrod well. I mean, I liked him. You know, I, I thinking back to the the desert of quarterbacks the Bills went through when Terod came over uh, to the Bills. I mean, they basically, you know, he, I never felt like he was given his due uh, mm-hmm. or his credit. You know, when he was in Buffalo, you and I had some very spirited conversations about Terod uh, on this podcast. So I wish him nothing but the best. But he is going to be a lamb sent to the slaughter on Sunday night. I mean. Of those 17 players on that injury report, it's a pretty safe bet the Giants are missing three of their five starting offensive linemen. Andrew Mm -hmm. Thomas, the left tackle, is most likely going to be out. Center, John Michael Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz 
not real name, but you know, for the Christmas fans out there, uh, figure I drop a little deep cut on this podcast. The starting center is going to be sidelined with a shoulder injury. And then right tackle Matt Pert, no relation to Neil Peart, is going to be sidelined as well for the Giants. So they're going to be walking wounded, walking into Highmark Stadium on Sunday night. How in the world do the Giants get any sort of protection for Tarad or Tommy DeVito, knowing how banged up their O-line is? It's almost a blessing in disguise that Tarad is going to be in there because the guy can move. He can run away from players, whereas the other guys can't. It's in the situation that their offensive line is, Tarot is their best chance at putting up a good game because he can make things happen with his feet that the other guys on the team can't. And, you know, fortunately, what we know about him is he doesn't take chances and he's going to throw a lot of balls out of bounds. But if he does make a couple of big plays down the field, you know, he could set the Giants up for some success that they may not have with Daniel Jones. You're taking a very rose-colored glasses approach uh, to Tarot. I think it'll help <laughs> Stephon Barkley uh, is back to give him a weapon in the backfield to hand off to. Um, but, you know, for all the talk, and, and I want to take you back, Jamie. We're bouncing all over the place here on Billy. Right. We've got a short pod for you this week. But I want to take you back to last offseason. When, tell me how often you heard this from Buffalo Bills fans. Boy, I can't believe how the Bills could let Isaiah Hodgins walk away. He was a revelation. He had a great postseason. He has come back to the player we thought he was going to be this year. Now, granted, Daniel Jones hasn't done him any favors, but I think the the, the, the pumpkin, uh, everything has come crashing home yeah. uh, for Hodgins. You know, it's really funny how a few good performances make Bills fans just start wringing their hands. Uh, do you remember Derek Rogers? Oh my the, God. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he had that phenomenal Hodges. catch against the Colts. Was it in the preseason? Yeah. And then the bills let him go. He went to the Colts and in his first game, put up over hundred yards. The thing that they weren't taking into account is he was a renowned asshole that nobody wanted <laughs> in the locker room. And, he had one game, and that was pretty much it. Uh, but you know what? We like drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> hey, Bacasino, remember Robert Foster? Oh, my man crush. <laughs> that one hurts so much to see him. And the fact that he put up that monster game against the Jets during my bachelor party weekend, I was like, this is fate. He is oh going God. to be a demon in Orchard Park. And he had one half good season, and that was it. Flame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, regarding uh, regarding Isaiah Hodgins, he's averaging two catches a game. He is definitely not a world beater. He is uh, fifth uh, or tied for fourth on the team for receptions, and even uh, Wondell Robinson has more receptions despite playing two fewer games. So he's not a big part of this offense. Yeah, no, he is not. And and the Giants really, they've been outscored by 91 points this year. They have a depleted offensive line. They're down to their second string quarterback. And by the way, they're all pro running back Saquon Barkley. When the Giants run the ball, they're averaging, Barkley's getting four yards a carry. The team without him is averaging 2.3 yards per carry. They're uh. ineffective, toting the rock. 
They have no Darren Waller is a nice tight end. He's one of the yeah, playmakers yeah. I'd be worried about um, for McDermott game planning for. But I think that the way this game is going to play out on Sunday night, that I, I honestly feel a little bad for Terod because he is going to be running for his life. And I'm sure you'll see quarterback draws and scampers and Dable's going to come up with some little wrinkles to keep his team in the game. But this is one of the biggest mismatches I can recall in recent Bills history. The one thing that concerns me, the one thing that concerns me is the loss of Daquan, John, Daquan Jones. Because we have seen the Bills this year, they're susceptible to the running game. We saw in the playoff game last year that without him on the field, they absolutely could not stop a good offense because they kept giving up huge yardage on the ground. This is the kind of thing where I don't think the Giants have what it takes, despite having a fantastic running back. They don't have what it takes to beat this Buffalo Bills team. But I'm very concerned going forward. And this, the way they handle this game, I think, is going to tell us a lot about what this team is going to be able to accomplish going forward this season. You're absolutely right. And thank goodness we've seen such an, uh, an arc for Terrell Bernard, because if he was on a big time struggle bus, now we don't know how he's going to respond with his running mate Milano sidelined, but I think the bills can patch it together enough at linebacker. I'm actually really curious to see Puna Ford, Tim settle Jordan Phillips, Mr. Big stuff has been playing well in spurts and then he gets pushed aside. Tim mm-hmm. settle has actually been a pretty decent uh, run stuffer through the first five games of the year. Puna Ford has not. I mean, Puna Ford is someone who I really am expecting to step up because the bills, thank goodness. They still have wave after wave of defensive ends that can get after the quarterback. That's how this defense is going to have to eat getting after the teams, chewing up offensive tackles and guards and generating constant pressure on the quarterbacks. And conversely, Jamie, I honestly wonder if we're going to have to see Josh Allen becomes super mega star mm-hmm. Josh Allen winning shootout after shootout because this defense no longer can strike fear in the heart of the opposition. I, I, I think you're hundred percent right. I think that they're going to have to average over 32 points a game in order for the bills to have a chance going forward. Not this game, you know, the giants, their offense has struggled, but for the bills to go deep into the season. Yeah they're going to have to challenge the dolphins when it comes to offensive output. And you know, that's, that's well and good, but if they run into another team that really holds the ball for a long period of time, like we saw against Jacksonville and London, a team like the 49ers, for example, yeah, it's, it's going to be a problem. going to be a problem. So how are they going to compensate for these defensive losses? Are, are they going to are they going to try to control the ball more? Are they going to try to run up the score? It's going to be an interesting balance, and I'm very curious how the coaches are going to approach this. One thing I think that we need to discuss before we give our score predictions bound to go wrong for Sunday night is we talk about the shootout. We talk about the Bills outscoring their teams. What are your thoughts on what Gabe Davis has put forth? Because I'm actually, his numbers are good. But I feel like he's he and he's producing in the clutch, but he's also disappearing for large periods of time, saving his best for time right before the half. 
to me, that's troublesome. I agree with you 100%. Uh, he's a player that always leaves you wanting more in the sense of production, not not like uh, not like the great concert you went to and they cut it a few minutes short and you went home going, oh God, I can't wait till the next time they come back to town. I'm going to be the first one to buy tickets. No, he leaves me wanting more in the sense of why aren't you getting open for the first three quarters of the game? You know, what? what is the problem here? Why are you still dropping the ball? He doesn't run crisp routes. That's one of the things that bothers me about him. And until he gets better at running more crisp routes, you're going to see him disappear for big chunks of time because it's when the Bills have to push the ball deep down the field, he can out-physical other players. But being a long strider, being a guy who, you know, takes a, few steps to get up to full speed. This is just what you're going to get from him. Now, if he can stop dropping the ball, he's more valuable. But even then, you know, he had a huge drop again last week. And it's like, if you're going to be dropping the ball and you're not going to be getting open, what? What is your value to this team? You're going to keep disappearing and we can't have that. No, we can't have that. We can't have the disappearing act of the run game, James Cook needs to get back on track. I think the three-headed monster of him, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, should have a good blueprint against the Giants, who do have a really talented couple of pass rushers in Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. Mm -hmm. um, Osiris Torrance is a wild card. I'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back um, against Lawrence. Mitch Morris is going to have his hands full with Thibodeau. But Adoree Jackson is burn victim right there. I mean, Diggs and Davis should be able to have a field day going up against uh, one of the Giants, two starting quarterbacks. The safeties are not that great, um, right. in my opinion, for the Giants either. There's a reason the team has been outscored by 91 points. Jamie, what do you see on Sunday night football under the lights uh, at Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium? What do you think the score is going to be like on Sunday night? Uh, what I think is going to happen... You know, I wonder if the Bills are still going to be sluggish after that game uh, across the pond, but I, I don't think whatever their sluggishness is, it's going to really affect them. I think you're going to see the Bills probably put up about 35 points, and they're probably not going to give up more than about 18. So, Bills, 35-18. I like it. Route City under the lights in Orchard Park. I have Buffalo winning this one 38-10. Uh, and a laugher, the Giants should not be any sort of test for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. This is by the way, the first of three straight primetime home games for the Buffalo Bills, a chance to really show Ooh. that they've moved past the disappointment from from last game uh, across the pond over in London bills fans. What do you think on this truncated version of believe what's your score prediction? Do you agree with Jamie and myself? This game will be a blowout. We want your feedback on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Boccasino for my venerable colleague and good friend, Jamie. I am John Boccasino signing off saying go bills. Support for this show comes from fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 